Hello and welcome to the What's Cooking podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Kat. And today we're joined by Hedia from London-based granola company Husk and Honey. Hello. Hello. Hi. So excited to have you here. So Husk and Honey are stocked in multiple retailers across London and they're at Primrose Hill every week. That's right. Yeah, on Saturdays. So just to start off, can you tell us about your first ever job? First ever job? When I was 16, I worked on Saturdays at a sort of high-end perfume shop on German Street called J. Floris. Oh, um, yeah. Really nice. Really, really lovely. So that was great. I was like a perfume consultant there and that was really nice. And then I'd be posted in Harrods and, and different concessions as well to work for the company. I was quite young at the time. And then on Sundays, I would work at Spitalfields Market when it was... <laughs> it was very cold. And... <laughs> It was um, still pretty kind of rough and ready, so you'd have to set up the entire stall. What was your stall? It was um, selling hats. It actually wasn't my stall, it was someone else's. Yeah. She had moved out of London and she wanted someone else to do the stall for her. And at the time I was doing some work experience with a fashion designer and she happened to be a friend of this person and just said, oh, if you want a kind of Sunday girl, how do you all do it? So I did. So yeah, and I was living in West London, so it was all the way across the other side of London, really early in the morning. <laughs> but it was it was okay. It was cold, but it was okay. First yeah. taste of market life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you got into granola. Okay, so I've always really enjoyed having granola, eating granola. I've always been a fan of granola, and then I think I didn't eat it that much in London before, mainly because I just found it quite sweet. So, you know, if I was going for a, a, a cereal, I just thought, well, they're all pretty much the same. If I want like a healthy cereal, I just make it myself. But shop-bought granolas that pretty much kind of all the same as the really, really sugary cereals. So if I want something healthy, I'll just make it. Otherwise I'll just get like a, a sweet one. And then I, at the, yeah, so a couple of years ago, I was working still as a psychologist, a research psychologist for perinatal anxiety and depression. And I did loads of conferences when I was working there. And conference food is really horrible and they expect you to be kind of on form and able to present and things all weekend and are feeding you really poor kind of conference food. So I'd always take a bag of homemade granola or granola bars with me. Yeah, homemade ones. And then all my colleagues and friends would always ask them. So it was kind of a known thing. Like, oh, Hedy, I will always have some good food. And yeah, just continued doing that, really. And then really randomly, a friend of mine said, well, we were having a chat and she worked as cabin crew for British Airways. And she was, I was saying like, oh, you're so lucky. Your life is so exciting. You're always going to different places around the world. I wish I did that. And she was like, oh, you can come with me if you want. So I was like, really? She was like, yeah, well, next Thursday I've got a flight going to Rio in Brazil. Um, it's only three days. It's just a turnaround. You've got to stay there for three days to rest and then come back. But I'll be working on the flight, so you just come with me. So I was like, oh, yeah, definitely, 100%. So I went off, and then after about three days, I was like, I don't really want to go back home, to be honest. I really, really like it here. I just want to stay and dance samba for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, okay, great, we'll get you a hostel. Don't tell your mum, she's going to kill me. 
<laughs> it's it's all good I'll leave you behind in Brazil so I stayed there and that's when I really got into granola because the diet there is quite meat rich it's really meat heavy and I don't speak any Portuguese I didn't understand about you know I couldn't order food so I'd literally be eating at sort of self-serve places where I could see what the food was and I also got really into granola while I was there because it had all the properties of things that I was after. So I'd eat it on acai bowls and like smoothie bowls and then just plain. And everyone would make it there as well, like home bake it. So the smell was always in the air. And yeah, I quickly realized like it's actually brilliant. It's got, you know, Brazil nuts and it's got fr say frozen acai underneath. So it's got loads of the things that I was after, a bit of, a bit of honey as well for energy and the oats obviously. And I ate a lot of it while I was there and then when I came back to London eventually I couldn't really find obviously the same thing I tried it before and it wasn't there so I just continued to kind of make it myself and yeah it just went from there. And what was the point where it stopped being making it for yourself and friends and actually becoming the business? The business. Um, so I think initially it was probably when a friend of mine who was doing a food market kind of asked oh Hedio can you just pose as a trader I need the market to be really busy please 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 will you do it I was like no no I'm a psychologist sorry I just don't have time like don't I can't do things like that but eventually I came around and I was like okay as a favour you know for any favour I'll do it that's that's cool I'll take a day off and I'll do it and it went really well and there was obviously loads of demand for it and people were kind of asking when are you coming back like when's the next one Blah, blah, blah. And I really enjoyed the day as well and enjoyed the fact that people were enjoying it. So I did it again and again and again. And then they offered me a place at a, another market that another one of her family members did, which went really well as well. And so it just kind of went from there. And then I started going part time with my job, which was really demanding. I'd often be working from kind of six in the morning till you know, have patience till like nine at night and be coming home and it was really, really hectic. So I actually really enjoyed this kind of part-time work, even though the granola making was really hard. It was just a sort of change of scenery and... So you were selling granola at that first market? Yeah. And how did so you like package it? How was it? Oh, so initially it was, um, I just made it all in my home kitchen. I'd package it in brown bag and the concept was always there of being a fresh, a freshly baked granola. It was always there that that kind of high quality, really great taste, high quality ingredients, organic ingredients, organic oats and so forth, that was always there right from the beginning. But what's changed is obviously the recipes have been refined so much to get the kind of nutritional analysis, the nutritional profile of each one to a certain point that we're really happy with. And obviously the packaging's changed as well. Um, yeah yeah because one point of difference with your granola is that it's designed to be a fresh product yes. rather than something that sits on shelves exactly for months. yeah yeah absolutely that's definitely a massive point of difference why do you think that's important that is more recently the shift between people realizing the kind of the taste and the quality of freshly produced products we we don't need to preserve things that long anymore we can access things like freshly baked bread for example and that shift has become really popular that people will actually you know you can see all these bakeries opening up and people are going mm. for freshly baked bread yeah as opposed to bread in a bag from the supermarkets and it's kind of it's it's playing on that shift and you know coffee for example getting freshly roasted coffee as yeah. opposed to really stale old coffee which you know that was fine for a while and and people were cool with it but when 
they're exposed to this other coffee that's fresh and really delicious you kind of can't go back from that and I feel like that was the same with granola so what people would be used to now and what I was used to was quite stale granola because it's Mm. been in the warehouse for a really long time but it's got a lot of preservatives and a lot of sugar to mask the taste of you know it being old nuts or you know they weren't necessarily old when they went into the mix but after all that time they are going to be a bit old yeah if you don't need to keep it for a year then why I haven't heard it put like that before I really like that yeah and obviously you know it's it's such a small quantity of a box of cereal it's not Mm. going to last you all year so why why put a longer date on it than needs to be there Um, yeah I guess to help shop salad or something but people are more and more kind of looking for quality in their food Mm. and seeking it out and smaller independent producers who are kind of artisans about the product that they make people are searching them out all all these different coffee companies that do deliveries we know for example loads of our customers do come from all over the UK not just London and a lot of them say do come from larger families so they'll order you know a large pillow bag to to feed their whole families but they'll do it sort of once a month so it's not like you know once a year Mm. and they've got to store it forever it's (laughs) um it's quite easy to go through it quite quickly especially when it tastes good the first time I tried it, it's it's so different. Like the texture, it's just so well thought out. You've got the crunchiness, the different flavors in there. I, yeah, it is really different. And I not too sweet, not overly yeah. sweet, which yeah. is as you were saying. Yeah. What's so bad about most granolas that one finds in the yeah. supermarket? Yeah, it gives it each each of the ingredients, and there are a lot of ingredients in there. A chance to kind of. Yeah, a chance to shine, a chance to be tasted. So you've got the natural flavours in there of these different ingredients. So you're not just tasting kind of one overall flavour mm. of sweetness. Sweet. Yeah, you're tasting kind of a brazil nut. Oh, wow, there's a hazelnut. Oh, yum, there's a raisin. You know, whatever it is, like a coconut flake. So, yeah, so it's very different in that sense that you can really kind of taste each of the... They're all within the, in there for a, a reason. Yep, yep, yep. How did you go about refining your recipes? Uh, refining the recipe so we got nutritional analysis and we also had a contracted nutritionist who we worked with and a chef as well to develop all the recipes to become a certain nutritional profile for each one so we wanted them to be like uh you know good fiber quantity mm-hmm. obviously oats will always have that and then things like the saturated fat we knew that using plain just pure coconut oil was going to be too high in saturated fat so it was you know discussed okay how are we going to solve this and let's blend it down with some olive oil um so each each ingredient was very carefully kind of considered to make those kind of three core recipes and then Obviously, in the summer and the winter, we have a rotating one, um, and we're going to introduce more. But that's kind of the, the main way that the recipes were refined and refined to what they are now. <laughs> that's really cool. I haven't heard that someone do that before, to really pick apart and see the nutritional profile of this yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I felt like it was important from the very beginning to have a good balance of both nutrition and also taste because so mm. often you find products that taste fantastic but aren't very nutritionally rich or you'll find the other extreme where something's kind of super healthy but actually does <laughs> not taste awful. nice. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah and like let's be honest we all have to live life and we all have to you know eat and enjoy and so forth so I think it's really important to have a good balance of both and definitely um, for yeah. sure you can, have, you can have both yeah definitely so very excitingly you won an award last night am I right is it for family yeah. business family business yeah what's so, it like working with your sister right <laughs> so yeah I work with Verity she's my younger sister and then I've got an older sister mm. as well who's not in the business we are a really tight family me and my sisters are kind of best of friends we absolutely love each other to bits and as we've gotten older I think the ties between us have just grown stronger and stronger working with Verity was just one of the best decisions, like one of the best things that could have happened when she said, I'm quitting my job to come and work with you. That was, you know, the best scenario that could have happened. When you're working with family, there's this kind of level of trust that you have with each other. Mm -hmm. So I always know that she, you know, I can rely on her and she, I also trust that she is good at what she does. I know her background, I know the way she thinks. And I think one of the best things for us as, you know, two people, um, or, you know, as Hedia and Verity, not just the kind of sibling bond, but our actual skill sets personally complement each other so well. So Verity's excellent at things like strategy and development and, you know, numbers. She was <laughs> previously an investment banker. Wow. So she's excellent at all the kind of behind the computer things, all the finance and so forth. And then I really enjoy the more hands-on aspect of, you know, developing the, the recipes and, and taste testing and uh, just, you know, getting the staff in and, and so forth. So our skills complement each other amazingly because we kind of both like doing different things. I always explain it as, if you look at my hands, <laughs> they have no nail varnish and <laughs> are a bit like little boy's hands and then you look at Verity's hands <laughs> and are perfectly manicured with like beautiful red paint long thin and elegant <laughs> and like yeah I think you can kind of tell where he's going <laughs> we, we were saying exactly <laughs> the same thing yesterday <laughs> working in a kitchen you just say goodbye to yeah nice looking hands <laughs> completely yeah, that's me and Verity. We put our hands next to each other. You can see we're like, you know, we, yeah, perfectly balanced. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So it's really though. lovely. And who else is in your team? So we've got, well, we used to have one of our cousins actually from Canada. She was working with us as a baker. Uh, to save money for her trips around Europe. And then we work with our cousin as, uh, other cousin as well. He does a lot of IT. In terms of other people outside of the family, uh, we have a baker, Kate, and we have like a little sales team as well. So Ned, Matt and Rosie do all the, um, all the sales at market. So we were doing London Fields Market for a bit as well. And we do Partridge's Market sometimes, Maltby Street Market, Amazing. Maltby Street's really cool. I went there last a couple of weeks great. ago. So nice. I had such a nice time working there. Actually, Inez was, was working there as well um, as part of our team, another salesperson. Yeah, really busy. So, yeah, that's really that's great. Really cool. How have yeah. you found building the team and, like, how have you found all those people to work with you? Um, it's hard to find the right people to work with, but I think as a starting point, the relationship between Verity and I, if we can have that sort of similar relationship 
with other members of staff, that can only be a really, really good thing. So, for example, with Kate, she's, you know, it feels with her like she's part of the family. I feel very much like I can trust her. We have a really, really good, solid friendship, relationship. Mm. Um, the same with all the salespeople, Ned, both Ned and Matt, I feel 100% that I can trust them. We're really good friends kind of outside of uh, work as well. But maintaining professionality, and I think that's really important, and the same with Rosie as well. Okay, we would like to know if you've had any kitchen disasters. Uh, yes. Can you tell us about Okay, so which kitchen? Gosh. So, no kitchen disasters here. Then I moved to a kitchen in Bethnal Green. The production got quite big. And that one there were disasters pretty much every day so I'm just not even going to begin with that one (laughs) but then our new kitchen is in Forest Hill and it's just a bakery and it's fantastic it's so so good down there disasters I broke the oven one time and that was obviously really bad because we had to like like with a mallet we had to like get the the rack of um, trays out basically the oven is like it's like a large kind of well it's a huge huge thing you could fit like five people in there and you put the trolleys you put the trays on a trolley and then push the entire trolley inside the oven and then it spins around as it cooks describe it like a kebab of granola it literally just like spins around (laughs) and so it was spinning and then one of the trays caught because I hadn't pushed it in properly and yeah the whole thing just kind of stopped working and obviously because it's an extremely strong machine it was wedged in there so hard and yeah the the trolley was actually unusable afterwards which was really annoying and I thought we weren't going to be able to bake that day and I was really worried because it's like oh we've got loads of orders but um yeah it was okay we managed to get it out with a mallet and then yeah loads of honey spillages Oh gosh that sounds the worst yeah so horrible when that happens What's the best and worst thing about having your own business? So the best thing is probably the sense of reward. You know that any step you take and how hard you work and so forth is it's kind of a direct reward system. Um, working hard, kind of seeing results, that's like a really, really nice thing about having your own business. I think this... The amount of responsibility that you take on is kind of quite difficult. I wouldn't say it's the hardest thing, but it is difficult. Managing things, managing people, managing things, that's another really hard bit. The amount of creative control that you have is is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely something that I really like, especially coming from quite a hierarchical and difficult system, the NHS where everything is very much kind of regimented, monitored, you know, you're not allowed to spend more than, you know, an hour with a patient or whatever it is, even if they might need it and your common sense is telling you, no, this lady really needs it. You can't really use your own initiative and and that's something that you can do when you've got your own business. You have a lot of creative control. Um, but then at the same time, I always explain to people that that does come with limitations, that are limitations in place. For example, time limitations and financial limitations. Yeah. So, although people might look at business owners or you know people who are 
are working for themselves and think, oh, you've got so much creative control, that's so nice, you know. At the same time, there are limitations, and I think people, because yeah, your ideas have to match with what you can actually afford yeah, and what the logistics exactly yeah, the reality yeah. of it. Otherwise, it's just a complete passion project, and there's no business sense in it, mm-hmm. and then it's just not a business. Yeah. So you have to keep in mind those limitations that you know you're not necessarily always happy about, but keep it from being just a passion project or something like an actual successful business yeah and hopefully that then leads to being able to in the future maybe do those other you know you just have to be patient exactly and then yeah as time goes on and the business grows you can do those other things that you've kind of had in your mind yeah absolutely how do you keep so you mentioned you enjoy seeing your hard work turn into reward success Mm -hmm. how do you what keeps you motivated yeah definitely so kind of constant little rewards if you like or little kind of wins or checking things off a list constantly there are loads of motivational little like yeah I suppose little wins from yesterday the the award last night winning that and being asked back by Adidas to do like another workshop for them and just constantly there are little factors that you know, winning a new contract with someone or so forth. There's, yeah, there's constant little wins and those are, I really focus on those and those motivate me a lot. Yeah. A lot, yeah. They're really great. That's great. And we know that having a business is really busy, it can be stressful. What are your kind of tips or strategies for taking care of yourself while running your own business and working Mm. hard? I have to say that I probably don't take care of myself as much as I should. In terms of physiologically, I will always do things like I go rock climbing when I can, I have a night in when I can, I go to bed early when I can. Psychologically, I think it's really important for me to have an active social life as well and not just be all about business but you never completely switch off to be honest Mm -hmm. you know even when you're out with people you might get a phone call that's work related and you suddenly have to be in work mode so you never actually completely switch off psychologically I think having a really close support network of family is something that really helps me I always make sure that I FaceTime with my parents about two hours a week at least I'm really close to my older sister Etta she lives quite close by as well so we we kind of make time to see each other and hang out and obviously I see Verity all the time so that support is really important and regularly scheduling scheduling in other kind of outings and seeing other friends as well so yeah maintaining a work-life balance as much as I can yeah is very healthy and helpful to staying balanced yeah. <laughs> yeah and lastly do you have any advice for someone who wants to start a food business? Yes. I mean, food businesses can come in so many different formats. Mm. But the advice I could give would be for a company that's bootstrapped, because that's what we did. So that's the only thing that I would really know about. And my advice to a, a, a sort of bootstrapped company would be to... <laughs> Accept the fact that you're going to have to work really, really hard for the first couple of years because it is basically like a full-time baby and get people on board who you trust and who you know. Mm. Yeah, just 
believe as well in what you're doing and the products that yeah. you make. That's really important. And also to... Oh, yeah, actually, probably the most important thing is accept that you are not going to like everything that you do, except for the stuff. There's going to be things like finance or whatever that you don't like doing. Mm-hmm. You just have to do it. Like, you have to just bite your tongue and just do it. It's not an easy ride, like... You know, I hate doing VAT stuff or anything like that. Anything legal, I hate doing as well. But I've had to do some of that before Verity was involved in it. Loads loads of that side of things I had to do. And like, I don't like it. I really don't like it. <laughs> it's the worst. really don't like it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's got to be done. I don't like waking up at five in the morning and going to a market, but it's got to be done. It's part of it. Yeah, so you can't pick and choose. No you know you have to do everything until you're at the stage where you can employ other people to do it yeah Mm. for example the cooking I used to do all the cooking myself and I would hate it sometimes oh this is awful constantly got burn marks on my arms it's really stressful as well and you know being at the bakery till like five in the morning and then going to the market the next day to like sell it myself was really really hard and I didn't like doing it but you just have to accept you just have to do it until the point where you can have a baker baking it for you and you can have a sales team doing like the sales at the market yeah you just have to like work like fight through that bit push yeah. through that bit yeah oh that's really that's good, good advice oh well thank you so much for thank talking you to it was so lovely talking to you thanks so much for listening we really hope you enjoyed the episode you can find husk and honey on instagram at husk and honey granola and you can find us on instagram at what's cooking podcast and on twitter at what's cooking pod if you enjoyed the episode subscribe and leave us five stars thanks bye